Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Romans. Today is episode 523. Look at Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 26. Let's read our passage. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Him as the mercy seat by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His restraint God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented Him to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He's writing it from Corinth on his third missionary journey. His intention is to return to Jerusalem with the collection and then go to Rome. He intends to strengthen the church, and he's sending this letter as an exposition of the gospel to provide him with some theological background and depth to the gospel. He's been dealing with the issue of sin, that everyone is a sinner and responsible for their sin before God and under the wrath of God, and that there's no special case for the Jew, that they're just like everyone else under God's judgment. And now he gets into the real meat of it. This section right here, chapter 3, verses 21 to 26, Martin Luther said, this is the chief point and very central place of the epistle and of the whole Bible. So Martin Luther, the great German reformer, he he says this section we're covering here today, this is the central section of the entire Bible. This is the gospel boiled down to a nutshell. And it's deep. There's a lot here, a lot of theological words and and concepts here. But we'll do our best to, to get through it. The issue Paul's been raising is, You can't do good and thereby be right in the eyes of God. You're still a sinner. Everyone is a sinner. Everyone is incapable of doing good. And so it's all been leading up to the the big issue here, the problem. So what do you do then about this issue of sin? So that was kind of the first phase of the gospel. Everyone is a sinner, separated from God because of that sin. And there's nothing you can do about it. Well, here's the what to do about it, or what God has done about it. Verse 21. But now, so pause right there. Before, he was talking about the issue of sin and God's wrath. But now, now he's going to start talking about salvation, God's righteousness. So, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested, by the law and the prophets. So, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. I think it just means through Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God has been revealed based on something that God has just done out publicly for all to see. And it is attested to by the law. So, it's apart from the law, but it's attested to by the law. You go through the law and the prophets as the Old Testament, and it all points to Christ coming. And here we see the righteousness of God. Now remember, this is that word group about righteousness that 
is very important in this letter. And what we see here, just in this section, we see the righteousness of God four times. So this is a big deal here. The issue of salvation, the issue of how to fix our sinfulness, all hinges on the righteousness of God. So this first segment here, God's righteousness is revealed. And it's even attested to by the Old Testament. Now, verses 22 and 23 are kind of the second segment of this, where he talks about all people who are all equal in their sin. They all have equal access to God's righteousness, and that's through faith. So verse 22, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. So he says the righteousness of God has been revealed, and the way you get this is through faith in Jesus Christ to everyone who believes. There is no distinction. He's been making that point all along. There's, there's not this special case of Gentiles are judged one way, Jews are judged another way. All are judged because of their sin, and there is no distinction. So just as all are judged because of their sin, all are justified based on their faith. And he says in verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and the first part of verse 25, we're now talking about the source of God's righteousness. It's Christ as the atoning sacrifice. Verse 24, they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. First off, here we see justified. This is the first use of the verb justify in the letter. And justify is part of that same word group, dik, D-I-K. Righteousness is the noun form of it. Justify is the verb form of it. Righteous is the adjective form of it. So this deek word group. And it's all based on the, the Greek word dk, which means justice. In fact, dk was the Greek goddess of justice. So the, the deek word group is important in this letter. Righteousness, the noun form. Justify, the verb form. Righteous, the adjective form. So, justify, that is to declare righteous. So, they are justified freely by his grace. Freely by his grace speaks to the issue of it's a gift from God. Grace means you didn't earn it. It's something that God did, not according to what you did, but according to what he did. Freely means you can't pay for it, you can't buy it. So this speaks to the, the issue that it's based on what God has done. It's God's gift. But it's through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This speaks to the, the costly aspect of it. It took the redemption from Christ to actually accomplish this. Redemption, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. It's a word easily thrown around. There's a lot of meaning to it. Redemption it basically means uh, released by paying a ransom. And this is where we sometimes get confused about this. Okay, paid a ransom. And this is because of under the penalty of sin. Well, what is the penalty of sin? The wrath of God. The death penalty, but Paul's been talking about the wrath of God. Everyone's under the wrath of God, and the wrath of God is being revealed because of the sinfulness of people. So to be released by paying a ransom, well, it's because under the penalty of sin. So who is this ransom owed to? Well, God. 
God is the one to whom the ransom is owed. So who paid the ransom? Well, Jesus Christ did through his death on the cross. That is, God paid the ransom to God. And so we, we sometimes miss that. Sometimes there's some, some popular errors that go around that uh, Christ died on the cross to pay off Satan. No, no. God doesn't need to pay off Satan. God's in charge. God did this to satisfy his own justice, his own righteousness. And the wrath of God is his righteous response to sin. So the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, that's how it's accomplished. He goes on to explain that further, verse 25. God presented him, that is Jesus, as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. There's a lot there. So God presented him as the mercy seat. Well, what does that mean? Well, the mercy seat is the cover on the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark that the Israelites carried and was in the Holy of Holy place in the temple. And once a year, the high priest on the Day of Atonement would sacrifice the, the sacrifice for the people and take the blood in and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. That is the seat between the two cherubim, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. And this was to atone for the sins of the people. So you see, presented him as the mercy seat by his blood. So this speaks to Jesus being the sacrifice, his blood making the atonement for the sins of the people. Now, a lot of Bibles say something other than mercy seat here. Very few say actually mercy seat. Most say propitiation. Some say expiation. Some say atoning sacrifice. There's a, a lot of mix here. And this is another one of those word groups that's important, not nearly as common as the deek word group for righteousness. This is the word group that gets used for propitiation. Propitiation is a churchy word that is in our Bibles, or most Bibles, but nobody really knows what it means. It's part of the Halaskami word group, but occurs as a verb, a noun, and an adjective. This is it in its adjective form. But you see, it occurs as a noun. This is what we call a substantive adjective. That's where an adjective takes the place of a noun. Like in the phrase, the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, meek is an adjective but it functions as a noun, a movie title, the good, the bad, the ugly. Those are all adjectives, but they function as nouns. So it's a substantive adjective in this, and it's of this Halaskami word group, which is the act of making the atoning sacrifice. So here it's used as the noun, as the, the means of atonement or the place of atonement. The big question is, what should the translation be? And of course, biblical scholars don't all agree on this. The only place this actual word occurs in the New Testament is in Hebrews, where he's actually talking about the mercy seat. But there it's the mercy seat. Here it's a mercy seat. And so that's why most biblical translators use just propitiation. And the word propitiation, it's a tough word that nobody knows, but we don't really have a better word because it has a lot of nuances to it. It is the turning away of the wrath. So just atonement 
basically means to make right. But in the making right of things, it's turning away the wrath of God. A lot of people don't like the idea of the wrath of God. In fact, there, there was a song came out in 2002 called In Christ Alone. With one phrase in it, till on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. A lot of uh, more liberal churches said that we don't like that idea. We don't like the idea of the wrath of God. But you really lose the, the full effect of the gospel if you try and discount the wrath of God. Now, Paul has just spent an entire chapter talking about the wrath of God. So you can't say the wrath of God is not important here. That was, he was laying out the problem. The problem is you can't be justified based on your actions, so you're still under the wrath of God. And so propitiation is a good word to use here because it is the turning away of the wrath of God. So God presented him as the mercy seat, the propitiation, by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. So how does it work? Well, God does it. God presented Jesus as the means for the atonement for our sins through his blood, through faith, and that is in order to demonstrate God's righteousness. So God's righteousness has been revealed, and God's righteousness is available by faith to those who believe. And here God is demonstrating his righteousness through what Jesus did on the cross. He says, because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. Now, it's not entirely clear what he means there, but I think he's talking about the sins prior to the coming of Christ. Sins have always been forgiven based on faith, but it wasn't so obvious how it all worked prior to Christ. Then in verse 26, God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. So God presented Jesus to demonstrate God's righteousness right now. And he did this so he would be just. Here we see the adjective form of the deke word group. Some translations say he would be righteous. So it's, uh, it's the same thing, just, righteous. Now, what's that mean to demonstrate that he is just or he is righteous? I think this is just meaning to show his character, that he is who he says he is, and he does what he says he does, and it's his, his own integrity is what he's demonstrating here, that he is stepping in to take care of the sin problem that only he can fix. And through that, and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. So, there's a lot in here. But what it is, is it's the, the central piece of salvation, the gospel, the Bible, this letter. Everyone's a sinner separated from God because of sin, under the wrath of God. But God has a way to deal with this sin problem. God has provided the sacrifice to cover the sin, which is what causes us to be under the wrath of God. And all we have to do to make it effective is have faith in Jesus Christ. So it's what God has done based on God's righteousness to show his righteousness, to act in accordance with his own righteousness, to allow us to receive some righteousness, no righteousness of ours, but only the righteousness of him. And it comes through him justifying, that is declaring us righteous, based on what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, where he has 
been the sacrifice. So his sacrifice, which then provides the ransom to pay the penalty of our sin so we can be then justified by God. There's a lot here. It's a big deal. And it's all, it's this amazing thing, though, that based on the grace of God, we can experience forgiveness of sin, which is the only solution to sin. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Romans.